Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're yeah. going to love what you hear. <laughs> and if you kick them all out, there would only be football and mixed martial arts, which, by the way, is not the arts. Well, sorry to disappoint you, Meryl Streep. You can go kick rocks because that's all we're going to talk about today. Football, mixed martial arts. Welcome to episode two. This is Sports Debate Tuesday, along with my boy Rob. Keep it McLean. McLean. <laughs> and Miranda Gagne, our hostess with the most issues, going to be dishing off these debate questions for us. I'm Jason Debilius. So it's one of those things where no time, no waste. Let's get started. Let's go to question number one. All right. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. Okay, the Kansas City Chiefs defeated San Francisco 31-20 to to win their first Super Bowl in five decades. The question is, did the Chiefs win this or did the 49ers lose? All right. Rob McLean. Mm. I think, look, you always, if, you, if someone had to be self-honest, you're always going to say it's a little of both. The truth is in the middle. Mm. But, this is, but since this is a debate show, the, the question is, whose side of the middle? And I'm going to have to go with San Francisco lost this. You, 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 you are one of the, the top two or top one defenses in the league. Uh, you have a 10-point lead, and, and all you have to do is run the ball. Um, Mahomes just threw a second interception. You have all the momentum in the world. And it's one of those things where um, I did a little stat here. Since that second interception, it was 11.57 on the clock. They rush three times, and they pass six times. Now, one of the passes is third and 14. Okay, you got to do what you got to do. But you shouldn't be passing on first and 10 after your boy Mozart um, just got a, an 11-yard gain for a first down. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where it was uh, hugely uh, mismanaged. You um, Before the second uh, quarter ended, you even had Tom John Lynch yelling timeout. He's not even a damn coach. He's standing <laughs> next to the coach yelling timeout. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, the first half was severely mismanaged. Um, there, uh, one of the underlying things that a lot of people aren't talking about, it was second and two, and um, Kansas City was penalized for an eligible man down, downfield. And instead of taking the penalty, they declined the penalty because it was a third down situation. So now you're giving Kansas City Mahomes a third and short. Mm. And you give Mahomes a, sh- a third and short. Um, he's going to get the first down. So that was a mistake. I would rather take the second and 12, the 10-yard penalty, instead of declining and go just, just to get to third down to, to make it down one play. Because 12 and 2 with the 49ers allows um, nine in a box. You did those receivers to, to beat you. And, and it was just severely mismanaged. Got to give it up to Mahomes for, um, at the end. You know, he didn't play a good good um, Super Bowl game all around, but he played when it counted. Mm. Um um, my MVP is not him, and we're going to get into that. Um, that's that, I think that might be one of the debate questions, but mm-hmm. uh, Rob McLean, the floor is yours. Yeah, uh, for me, it has to be it has to be San Francisco losing. Was it more about Kansas City winning? Uh, I'd have to say that the first half of the game played out exactly the way I thought. Um, San Francisco you know, beat him back. It was completely mismanaged. It was definitely San Francisco losing because at the end of the day, they lost. Um, and they were up. You know, they controlled the whole first half. You know, they are making Patrick Mahomes not play well. You know, it wasn't just him not, you know, making throws. You know, he was making the throws. They just played good defense. Uh, and then, you know, you just have, you come back in the second half of the game and the real mismanagement was <clears throat> they didn't, 
run the ball, which let their uh, their defense got tired. You know, their front four, which is their defense. You know, their back half is good. You know, their their linebacker is good, but everything goes off the pressure they get from their first half. Front four heavy, yeah. no doubt. So, um, you know, if you get them tired, that's 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 really, and I think it's it's going to be really difficult next season because now there's a template to beat a team that seemed almost unbeatable. You know, the same thing happened with the Atlanta Falcons, and I don't like to bring it up. Obviously, there's the connection between the coach there, but uh, we have to sh- see, like, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, that whole entire team doesn't look the same since that 28-3 to debacle. And I don't think this is the same. It's just Kansas City won at the right time, and San Francisco allowed them to win. You know, so I think it's, again, like you said, a little bit of both, but um, <clears throat> honestly, it's a little underwhelming. Uh, of, of a Super Bowl from what we thought it was going to be because, like, it wasn't a shootout and then it, it became a shootout at the end, but it, it just, I don't know, it just didn't seem like uh, all, all it was it was like a defensive matchup with a team of two good offenses. It doesn't yeah. make sense, you know. Um, but a pretty, very good point on the deja vu moment, huh? Mm-hmm. Like, you get the lead and, um, mm-hmm. you know, you have a high, um, you, you have an offense that can score. You got a, you got a decent running game. And, and you're right, the, dip, the, 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 the parts were different because Jones is probably better than any receiver the 49ers yeah. have. And, they're, and they're, they're, uh, Matt Ryan is having an MVP caliber type, <laughs> type year. Um, just for the record, for those of you guys listening on, um, right now, both Rob and myself, we both, I think we both picked San Francisco to win this. Mm. So, so it's one of those things where when you said the first half played out exactly how you want, I'm, I'm a cosign on that. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, I mean, this is supposed to be a debate show, right? I, I mean, I'm sorry I had to go first. It was almost like Eminem from Eight Mile. I was like, uh, all those things you were about to say. <laughs> just, my, just came right you know, we, Yeah, because when you pick the same team, um, the win, um, the, the reasoning is the same, and, and, and why they lost, might have, uh, the reasoning might have been comparable. Mm. So, um, yes, yeah, so it was one of those things. Bosa, I think, got hurt somewhere in the middle of a plate hurt. Nobody knows about it. He ain't going to complain about it. Um, it's one of those things where Garoppolo, we knew, could light up the scoreboard, but when, you know, but if it's one of those things where he's not doing it, where he doesn't have his reps, at least at, at the half or after the half, um, he, he could be the gift that keeps on giving. Mm. Right, he ended up throwing two interceptions. Bad um, interceptions. Um, yeah. Well, one was at the end when they were down, and he only had a little bit of time anyway. But, but you don't want to throw that. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. You're trying to throw that pit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean Garoppolo right now. What? What was he? I mean. Well, he threw an interception that looked like, uh, <clears throat> I think it was in the second quarter or something like that, and they were doing well, you know. Mm-hmm. But he threw an interception that, like, he was getting sacked. He's coming. He's kind of like falling down, and he just threw it up there to grabs. Like that's. That's when you know, like, you're maybe yeah. you're not at that level. You know, maybe you are a P, like holding the team back a little bit because no matter what, you have to make better decisions than mm. that. You know, yep. if you make the wrong decisions, that's acceptable, you know, but if you make like the worst decision and then it turns out to actually hurt your team, like, immediately and you throw an interception that's that's yeah you know i mean i mean consider <clears throat> consider what we just said too they started passing more than they run so here yeah. so here, here's the thing um the pass plays there was only one completion so every time the ball is incomplete the time that you use to, to go back and throw it and the time that um the clock would have would have kept ticking were were it a completion now the clock stops so mm-hmm. you got you got five incompletions let's let's assume you lost three minutes 
two and a half to three minutes a time you could have burned off the clock mm-hmm. that would have put more more pressure on Mahomes to throw where you can pin your ears back and go after him and not worry about Williams but when they get the ball back with five minutes you you know Williams had a really good rushing game you know, it's right here it's 140 yards yeah. um um a score um and I think that was no, he had two scores. He had one oh, scores, a catch, yeah. that mm-hmm. little that little foot out of bounds at the same time mm-hmm. he went in. And then on second and six, when the Niners had three timeouts and they were just trying to run to burn the timeouts, he broke one and, and they just let him go. So um yeah, so it's one of those things where all of the stars in Kansas City did their part. Tariq Hill, 105 yards receiving. Mahomes at the end. You know, he had two picks, but um, running for a touchdown help, passing one to Kelsey. You know what I'm saying? He was starting to look like a homeboy, my homeboy, Mahomes. So, um, and our Harvard boy from from uh, San Francisco looked pretty sharp, catching mm-hmm. um, only 39 yards receiving, three three catches. But sometimes it's about when you do it in the sample size. So mm-hmm. um, the juice they they nicknamed him. <laughs> um, fullback. And and these days having a fullback in a game where everybody's just going, you know, uh, three wideouts and a tight end, that's pretty impressive. No, yeah, the, the fullback is really important. They, they've showed there's like some documentaries showing like how. Um, <clears throat> Bill Belichick is one of the only people that still uses fullbacks, and it's just the formations you can make from them uh, are really difficult to uh, counter. Mm-hmm. So it's just to have that third option in there. It could be a run, could be a power up the middle with a lot of uh, you know wide wide running uh, like chances ability in the play. It's 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 really interesting to how the fullback is utilized. You know, definitely. Question number two. Mm-hmm. We wrap that up. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, but we got to listen. We, before the next question, we do got to highlight that they did win. I wasn't going to try. Yeah, we, none of I us mean, are trying to imply that Kansas City got lucky. No, Kansas know, City. Um, but 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 San out. Francisco blew it. Yeah. I'm Ten sure. point lead with the best defense, and you know, and you know, don't beat yourself. <laughs> okay, leading into the next one, Kansas City quarterback Patrick Mahomes was MVP pick. What do you guys think? Did they do? Make a right choice. I'll take this one first. Uh, <laughs> no, they did not. Uh, unfortunately, they give the quarterback the MVP almost every single time, just because. Uh, and I think he did a phenomenal job in the last half of the game. But if you take the game in totality, he he was not the best player on the field. Like, unfortunately, they also don't give it to defenses. I think Kansas City's defense did phenomenal, and nobody talks about that. Probably Chris Jones the most, but. You don't put up stats, you can't get MVP. Agreed. It's just how yeah. it is. So for me, we're talking about stats, talking about best offensive player pretty much with the MVP is it's Travis Kelsey, like bar yeah. none. And if not Travis, Travis Kelsey, the way that felt, it would be uh, Williams, the running back. He, he, he just, the way he ran, kind of energized the team. And if you can get yards on the ground and you have the best quarterback probably of the decade, you're going to win games. And that's yeah. just what they did. And here, Houston, all everywhere, you know. Yeah. So I, I think it is Mahomes drove the team, but the real MVP are the guys that got the ball in the end zone, which is Williams and Kelsey. So one of those two. Those are my picks. Yeah. Listen, sometimes it's about good throws, and sometimes we're all about that yak. All right, for those of you all listening, yak is yards after catch. All right, um, Mahomes made some pretty good throws that were smooth, and and sometimes he got got receivers like Tariq Hill, 
um, that gained so much separation. Do you, do you, do you remember that long throw? Mm-hmm. He was all by himself. Mm-hmm. That looked like what? That looked like a fair catch. <laughs> had to slow down. Dude, that, that looked like a punt. Didn't that look like a fair catch for a punt? I mm-hmm. thought he's gonna go running the other way instead. In the end zone. So he does have a good arm. He threw it out of his back foot. Uh, looked like a duck until you know when the camera. Uh, made everybody realize, okay, part of the plan, because it went right into his arms. The only thing, the only, the only, only regret is they couldn't catch it in strike. Well, he threw across so, the field. So you got, yards. so he, you do have a guy that could throw. All right, we got. Let me get with Mahomes. All right, he's um twenty six for forty two. He got two picks, uh, two touchdowns, uh, two hundred and eighty six yards passing. These are not uh, uh, mind blowing numbers, uh, but um, just like timing is everything for him. What he did at the end, timing is everything. Who I think my MVP is. My MVP is definitely Terrell Williams. Oh, I'm sorry, um, Daryl Williams. Uh, 105, four yards rushing, one touchdown. Um, he basically had um, 29 yards uh, receiving. But but just like the juice, what we talked about, sometimes it's about well, when and, and, and what, time, you know, what time in the game and how. Um, the, the things that are, people are not talking about out of the, the 105 to four yards rushing, um, four of them in the first half were for first downs. So he's not just rushing and getting like um, um, low calorie yards. He's he's getting he's getting important yards. So anytime you you touch the ball, and on the third and short, or you just touch the ball on first and ten, and you get in first downs, uh, those are the glaring statistics or uh, the, the stats under the stats that that, that I pay um, um, that I haven't been paying close attention to. I'll admit, but I did because it's a Super Bowl. Right. So. Um, Big up to um, Travis Kelsey, big, good blocking tight end. And like you said, mm. like and like I just said, timing is everything because there was a pass interference call at the end mm. that whatever. And what did they do? They went back to him and yeah. he caught and he ended up catching it. So he, this is a man that would not be denied. And this is a man that came in with a chip on his shoulder and and um, and told everybody, you know, if you want some, come get some. And his team backed him up. He's mm-hmm. one of those guys, when you talk at the press conference, you got to back it up, and they backed him up. So it was one of those things that, like, if Kelsey got MVP, I don't think I don't, I don't think Williams would have got screwed. Right. <laughs> you know, um, if um, Williams got, got MVP, Kelsey ain't get screwed. But I'll tell you who did, who did get screwed on this, Kelsey Jumbo. and Williams, because they gave the MVP to Patrick, my homeboy, yeah. Mahomes. Come on, man. Yeah. Not my pick. <laughs> no. <laughs> we done. Next yeah. question. <laughs> I don't know if you, you need a little one. bit of time for that one. <laughs> okay, there's some whoop, there's some reports that Tom Brady is being looked at by the soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders. Do you guys think this is a good fit? Or if not, who else do you think would be a better fit for that position? Rob... Rob, 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 Rob McLean. Rob, keep us McLean, McLean. Tom Brady should stay with the freaking Patriots. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady started his career, you know what I'm saying, has always been looked on, the from his college career, was always put on the shelf of somebody else. He's promised he could play in college, gets a new coach, new coach has another quarterback, he finally gets an opportunity, bosses it. Comes in the New England Patriots, it's Bledsoe's backup. Bledsoe gets knocked out by Mo Lewis from the Jets. I was in New York, I remember that game. Brady comes in from from, from there, let the dynasty begin. Of course, with a little bit of a, a twist of the Brady Tuck rule that, that allowed that legacy to continue from the, the snow mm-hmm. job against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough. Um, 
John Gruden's a good coach. John Gruden's a powerful personality, and he rub, he might rub some strong personalities the wrong way. And Brady would be a match because Tom Brady is not one of those guys that if you undress him in front of the team, he he's not he's not gonna walk away crying. Oh, coach talked to me this. Way. He's not that quarterback. You know. Mm-hmm. He's not a quarterback where he has to have the ball to throw it to feel comfortable. He's definitely going to defer and handoff. He's he's been a team player, and, it, and it's amazing. This guy who who all many think is the quarter the best quarterback of all time is more about not his strong arm, but his his ability to lead and 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 what makes sense and when to call an audible and 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 I think he'd be a really really good for the Raiders. Um, Problem is Derek Carr, man. He led the league in uh, um, completion percentage. I mean, you, you're going to replace him with someone that sometimes sees ghost. I don't. I mean, is he a good match for Gruden? Yeah. Well, I. But I don't see where he would significantly make the Raiders better. So, um, big rumors about the charges we've been hearing now. I just don't want to hear it because if they can't protect Rivers, who's got a little bit of mobility, they can't <laughs> protect Brady. All right. Yeah, I can't have him. If if I was thinking about Brady's protection and Brady finishing his legacy, right? And this kills me to say it. It just pains me. It stabs me right here in the freaking heart. The Cowboys. Mm-mm. The Cowboys got yeah, they got Zeke. They got a good Mm-mm. running game. They got good pass protection. Um, and I, I wouldn't. I can't Mm-mm. stand that team. I can't stand that team. I don't even want to say it. Listen. All right. So, Mm-mm. so the if the question is, is the Raider a good fit? Is it is a, a good fit? Is it a great fit? No. What's what's the best fit? Tom Brady, do yourself a favor. Do your career a favor. Do your legacy a favor. And the people that love and support you stay with the New England Patriots. Or retire. <laughs> I don't know why anybody doesn't say, like, he's been doing it for so dang long. Like, he should just hang it up and call it a great career. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer already. You know, there's literally nothing else to prove. Like, he has done absolutely everything. And how many athletes have we seen tarnish their legacy yeah. uh, because that kept right. going? And, and not even tarnish, but, I mean, like, look at, like, Vince Carter. And I, I love that he's still playing, but, you know, you need to – you should be – and I think somebody said this to me recently. Be remembered for your best, you know what I mean? And when you're not there, like, let somebody else go and do it, you know? You don't have to do it until, you know, somebody – until Father Time – yeah, yeah, exactly. Until Father Time says, you know, you're going to have to stop. Yeah. Um, back to the question um, – the Raiders, Tom Brady, I personally see, just as you said, it's a great fit. I think uh, Gruden is a big X's O's guy, and Tom Brady would fit right in with that. The problem is it's about a year or two too soon because same deal. Their, their protection is meh. They have a lot of young guys, a lot of raw guys, and they can protect, but this is a team kind of on the rise still. And, and Tom Brady has to go to a team that, uh, has a lot of pieces in play. I, I don't see the Raiders have. Like, they just traded away their franchise defensive player. Like if they had a Khalil, a Khalil Mack, and yeah. they had like you know a Marcus Peters still, and they just traded him away. I, I just don't get it. Like I and don't remind see... me, did they do that to make room for Antonio Brown? Exactly. And well, then uh, Antonio but... Brown's gone, and it's just there's just it's such a circus there. Like I just don't see how a guy who comes in does all the right things and. and is gonna you know get a step ahead and get that team to the next level i just don't see it it's a new it's a new arena it's a new uh organization a new building like it's just so much new things i personally think that it would be a good fit but it's just not gonna happen and tom i just see him looking for a more 
tournament ready, I mean, a playoff ready team. Yep. If you have, uh, the one thing I can say is, even if they have Derek Carr, somebody can come in and teach Derek Carr how to be professional, how to lead a team, because he might have the best completion percentage, but Tom Brady can have the lowest uh, lowest percentage, but he's still going to win games. Do you know what I mean? Like his yeah. his his niche now is winning games. It's doing the right thing at the right time, playing that super high level at the right time. And isn't that ironic? Like the games he's actually lost are the games where he chose to light up the scoreboard. Right. When he played the Eagles, I think he had 505 yards passing. <laughs> and that was a loss. Well, he watched someone's whole career do that. Yeah. Peyton Manning, he beat him every single time because he did his thing <laughs> the right way. And then Peyton Manning light up the scoreboard. But when it comes down to it, you show all your cards and you don't have anything else to, to get the points when you need it. You know. Yeah. So it's what's like, your bottom line on him? Uh, no. Not going to happen. Not with the Raiders, right? Yeah, he's going to stay. He has to stay. I mean, everything for him is in Massachusetts. He'd have to change his entire life yeah. to go to the wildest place in the world outside of Massachusetts. You know, mm-hmm. you ever been in Massachusetts? It's the most boring, nothing happened place ever. And then you go to Las Vegas, and it's yeah. just like, Phew. Yeah, all of a sudden, he's he's Elvis yeah. himself. <laughs> it's, it's... Hopefully, we, we wouldn't want Elvis to leave the building the wrong way because they can't protect him. I get that. Mm. Yeah, but you're right about the Massachusetts. Listen, and I mean, to Bill Belichick's, um, much to my chagrin about Bill Belichick, who we consider one of the greatest coaches, don't be cheap, man. Mm. I mean, I, I think we recognize half of the people from Massachusetts because they were sitting in the stands and Brady's like, who wants to play wide receiver today? <laughs> you, you. Give, just real. give me any short white guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The last three years, because of people like Brady and because I had had this set up, it was the uh, this this three-year era of the short white guy slot receiver mm-hmm. that were getting all the yards. Welker, uh, um, Edelman, um, God, we could, we could go on, on and on. Mm-hmm. And... Well, this year uh, looks is like the year of the tall, uh, the big, uh, white guy tight end. <laughs> so, well, they've been trying to do that yeah. for a while, but <laughs> football's changed, man. Right? The best, yeah. the the best quarterback is black. The best running back is white. Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no um, doubt about that. So, I, I like that. You know, ethnically, the football world's t- turned upside down because right. between two mulattoes here, we we embrace that diversity. So, right. yeah. So, with that being said. I think we wrapped up. We closed up shop on that one. <laughs> Miranda, what else you got? All right. We're going to switch gears a little bit. Talk about the upcoming UFC card that's out with Jim John Jones and Dominic Reyes. Who do you guys have for that fight? And also, two-parter, what is the best match that's flying under the radar right now? Let's mm. let's do that first part first. Okay. What do you say? Yeah. Um, Dom Reyes and John Jones. Tough matchup. I honestly, it's hard to say because John Jones, I feel as though he had he doesn't face people with his type of body frame. So I feel like this is no matter what happens, it's going to be a difficult fight for him. Uh, I'm not saying Gustafson is a skilled person or that he didn't or he didn't prepare the right way, but he still can't push people around that are certain size. DC is a guy where. He's smaller, so you have like you feel like you can push them around, even if you can't push them around. But John Jones needs to face somebody as his size. Now he's facing somebody his size, and he's a left-handed. Um, for me, I just think again, it's too soon for Dominic Reyes. It's too soon. He needs a couple bigger fights, a couple of big fights before you face the best fighter of all time in his weight group. You have to have more time. 
there's just he's gonna get starstruck and he's a fast starter i just i see a lot of things going wrong for dominic reyes and i'm gonna pick john just because i think john is just gonna come out and consistently do what he does he's gonna keep people on the outside of the octagon he's gonna kick him in the knee he's gonna throw off their timing and this guy is a quick starter you know it's I just there's a lot of there's a lot of mismatches here for Dominic Reyes just because it's early in his career and then I don't think he has that next that next gear yet, you know. But that's for me. That's that's how I see it. <sighs> Rob uh, I gotta go John Jones. Mm-hmm. Um and my reasonings I'm gonna get into in a minute, but I'd like to highlight some of the reasons that you brought up. Um as far as catching someone on that not ready stuff or that too soon too soon stuff, it, it is kinda early and I think John is catching a, a lot of these fighters. Uh, Santos moved up to two hundred and five pounds. Um Anthony Smith, you know, they're just mm-hmm. becoming acclimated and John's like if I wanna maybe now's the time to fight them when they're on their way up. Mm-hmm. And I honestly if they hit the top I think John has um more material or more more homework to study. Uh, and he's probably gonna win anyway. But um, I gotta go with John for the the reasons that the 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 way you will go with any anyone we will call a goat. Like you look at Michael Jordan, you look at um, for a long time Ronda Rousey. You look at um, I don't know. I mean, any fight, any athlete that invents reasons in their head why they gotta be competitive. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, fighter is the easiest thing. You know, if you if you think someone's talking crap to it or whatever, it's billboard material. You in the gym, you're raising hard, you're raising harder. John Jones uh, takes, if not invents, reasons to motivate himself for fights. So now it's a legacy. It's about facing undefeated fighters. Now it's about when there's a discussion about goat. He wants to be the first name and the last name, and that's it. And that's that's what's driving him right now. Mm. Now my reason. Now here's my reasoning. Um, Jones had um, inconsistent with what I inconsistent uh, with, with what I just said. John Jones likes to take what you do best and see if he can do it better. If you look at all of his fights, Shogun's is a very good striker with legs, body, and this and that. He absolutely murked Shogun. I mean, it's and he did and he made it last three rounds to do it. Uh, he faced Chael Sonnen, you know Chael Sonnen. That's not an, an example, but Chael Sonnen is a Division One wrestler, and his power double is is awesome. So how did Jones take him down? Power double. Mm-hmm. Glover Teixeira won twenty straight fights. So the first thing John does, he gets him in the clinch and he pops his shoulder and he dislocates his right shoulder. And for, for the next four rounds, Glover can't use his right hand. Um, he faces Rampage Jackson. Rampage Jackson, his overhead right is, is is led by his left leg. So what does John do? His three of his first four leg kicks are the knee stomp. You know that that nasty. You don't mm-hmm. talk about that nasty little side front, kick yeah. to the front of your knee, which, I oh, man, I think she'd just be bad. That's just yeah, you know. That is so he does deal. that to Rampage, and so now all of a sudden Rampage doesn't have his right foot for us. Oh, I remember so, that. So he does these things. So he shows the world that he beats you at your game. But what he does before he beats you at your game, he takes something away. Um, Santos. Um, he checked a leg kick, a destruction on that leg kick, and Santos's leg was just mangled. Yeah. Like his whole right leg was mangled. And that was a split decision, by the way. So getting back to what you were talking about uh, as far as size, Jones has struggled with people. His his uh, least um, um, his least what do you call it? Do- his least dominant performances mm-hmm. or least impressive performances right. happen to be against people like um, uh, OSP. Mm-hmm. Of in St. Prue, mm-hmm. who's a, a, na- a natural athlete. Yep. Um, John Big won by decision, smooth. but certainly not John's best work. Right. Um, 
the first time he fought Gustafson, many thought Gus won that fight. I do not, though. I do think mm -hmm. that was Gus, one of Gus's best fights. And I thought it was close, but not close enough to beat the champ. And now you got this guy who's 6'4". He's got pretty good reach. Um, could take a hit. And and like you said, he's he's got power on both hands. You said he was left-handed. We would never know that because right. the guy, if the guy hurts you with his right, just freaking go down. Mm. So Jones, if you look at Dominic Reyes, and, and, and I'm popping the stats up, his last two wins were Chris Weidman, who's debuting at 205, but walks around 220, and Vulcan Ozdemir, who is an absolutely dangerous fighter, and that's a split decision. A lot of people thought Vulcan won. Um, I did not. I, I, didn't even, I don't know what the hell that third judge was thinking. So if you look at his lineups, Jaron Cannonier right now is at 185, and he, he stopped Jaron, and Jaron could take some hits. Um, over, you know, OSP. So he faced a lot of people that John Jones would face or already faced. So it's a good matchup to watch, but at the end of the day, you're going to look at the, somewhere in the middle of the third, fourth, and fifth round. You're going to be like, there's no way in hell Reyes is going to win this. Yeah. He might show something early. Daniel Cormier is someone else I mentioned. Mm. Daniel Cormier likes to press people against the cage. So what did John do? He pressed him against the cage. Daniel Cormier tried a single leg, grab his right leg, and what happens is you pop your hips and you lift someone off the ground. But John Jones' legs were so long when yep, he popped his hips. He just sat down. And <laughs> his legs just stood up. Man. I mean, uh, at worst, he was on his tiptoes. He wasn't, yeah. you know, you couldn't get him off his feet. So, like you said, some of these guys who were under... Um, undersized for a guy who looks like he could fight heavyweight. I mean, yeah. at some point, maybe pending uh, Miocic and Cormier uh, three, mm. maybe John might want to fight one of those guys. I don't know. I mean, he, the other thing with uh, with 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 Dominic is that I, I think he reminds me a lot of Volkom Ulstemir, which is kind of funny. Is uh, like after after that first round, after that first blitz, uh -huh. like what else do they have to show? You know, like if you still keep throwing the same kicks, the same punches, the same way, kind of how um, when Israel Adesanya fought, yeah. um, what's his name? Uh, and I can't remember his name. Was it Whitaker? Yeah, Whitaker. When Champions, just Champions, Whitaker Champions, literally yeah. did the same exact punch, yeah. roll through, turn around, like yeah. over and over and over again, where it's like you almost are like, please hit this guy when he does this thing because then the fight will be over. You know, and it's just. I feel as though Dominic Reyes is that, and he's going to find out, I feel, this fight where what do I do when, you know, the shit hits the fan? You know, when I'm not beating somebody up in the first 30, 45 seconds, and it's like, a, you know, a straight up and down, a tough fight. You got to, you know, get in there and grit it out, get on the ground, get back up, you know, get in the clinch, get out. Like, there's a lot more to the game than beating people in the first two rounds. You know, Absolutely. dominating somebody. Yep. Like, how do you win when you're not when when you're getting dominated? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's that's what I feel like is John Jones. Like, he's always been so good. I feel like he's been he was better when he was younger. You know, because he took a little bit more chances. He's a little bit more flashy because his game is so clean, so crisp mm. that he kind of should take some chances. Yeah. But now he does not. He just does exactly and waits for you to make a mistake, which I think is a little bit of a problem. But yeah. But on um, the other end, the reason uh, the reasoning is a lot of people didn't have a lot of tape on him either. It's true, and he does he does something new. On yeah, Stephon every time. Bonner, this guy, he's taking him down. But this like, guy, when's the last? I mean, he does throw the spinning back out, but it's like it's almost like now, and they've been saying it like. 
he uses it to control the fighter as opposed to use it to like almost maybe knock him out or yeah. catch him off guard or I mean you know, yeah if he catches him as a bonus but right. you're right but it's it's so it's so like conscious like the movement now is like I'm not gonna let you move that way so I'm gonna back backspin a uh, backspinning uh, elbow you instead of like I'm gonna try to knock you out with it you know it's it's a no, it's, he's using it as a tool now it's pretty pretty no, interesting well, yeah 100 percent and speaking of style bender I mean they had a little Twitter war where like, I think yeah, he was trying to I think like you said he was trying to bait him catch him on the, on some of that non that not ready ash you know but if you look at style style bender's body type if we had to guess. I think he walks around 195 or close to 200 anyway. I mean, yeah. it's one of those things where John walks around 225, 230. It's just, yeah. you know, um, the reach is almost the same. Stylebender's slips are, are, are better than John Jones. So I don't think Jones, you know, some uh, like um, sometimes he creates those push kicks mm-hmm. and the knee stomps to, just to create a rhythm to see when you come in. You notice it, it does it in sets of two and three, like kick. And then another kick, and then uh, stomp, and then and then jab, and then and then peels, and then uh, he's already he's already pointing you to death, and by, and before you could even get in, he's gone. So very similar, but but I think Stylebender does that a little bit better. But he's way too light to fight. He's too light to fight and too thin to win on this one. Well, that's the thing is, uh, Izzy is. Uh, you might as well call out DJ. <laughs> Izzy is a uh, is <clears throat> is a person who actually tailors his game around what like what his body is so i i feel like that's going to be a fight where izzy is actually in the lead like or or is the is the runner is the is the front runner because jones has one issue let's if he has an issue which is What's he's that? not a natural offensive fighter okay right so he needs to have a game plan and that's why he he game plans so well because here, he needs one you yeah. know what I mean? He doesn't have the natural, I'm going to knock you out. Or Kick, It's a great punch, Jackson thing, too, you know, man. I mean, but you, know, you never, come, never comes in and his fights without a plan. Right, but I think that's great. And uh, But the, the the problem with that is when you go against an offensive fighter, there's almost nowhere to hide, you know, because if you're going to fight offense with offense, you're in trouble. If you're going to fight defense with his offense, you're in trouble because you're giving him that first step, that first chance to give you a feint or to just go in quick with a with a right or left it's it's that's the problem with uh what i see with john jones and izzy is that izzy is a great offensive fighter that's learning how to be defensive and he's doing it really well and john jones defensive fighter who's learning who had learned throughout his career how to be offensive and i just those two for me i feel that the offensive becoming more defensive usually wins out so yeah well said well said, my man. We'll see. We got Miranda. We got one more. What's what's yeah. good? All right. This is something that's being talked about more and more, especially in the UFC currently, in terms of transgender athletes in sports. What do you guys think is the biggest concern that we're facing? Um, I'm going. I'm, I'm gonna mm-hmm. go first on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob right. McLean. All right. It's like this. When I first started seeing this a few years ago, about a half decade ago, or close to a decade ago, um, because you know, we're, um, we're, you and I are, as far as being into alternative sports is, is, is well documented. We're both, um, um, you're a professional beach volleyball player, you're a former indoor professional. I played volleyball indoor and outdoor, uh, predominantly indoor for 30 years. Um, so we follow you know, mixed martial arts, we follow alternative sports, so we start to see you know, the transgender play playing in Brazil playing volleyball, this and that on the women's on a woman's height net. And for me, 
I never looked at it from a scientific perspective. I looked at it more from a social perspective where um, I'm not a libertarian or whatever and this and that, but the libertarian in me takes over when I think anyone should do whatever, do whatever the F they want to make themselves happy. If you're happy being a woman, be happy being a woman. We have a friend in New York, um, Selena, who, who was formerly Marco. Marco, it was, he was the most, um, for almost a decade, it was one of the most miserable people I've ever seen, uh, mis miserable people to hang around with. And now, since that, it's been just this bundle of joy, happy, um, still plays all the time, very lovable. And a lot of people who who have only seen Selena and not Marco, that's all they know. So, so for that kind of thing, from that social perspective, no one looks at that person as a trans, and no one even no one need, need, no one needs to know, and nobody needs to care, you know, because right. they don't need to know. Now, with that, that's the social perspective, and, and this is where um, um, I'm going to be controversial. You got a mixed martial arts fighter, thirty year old uh, man turns into a woman two years in, is act absolutely starching women, broke someone's face, broke someone's skull, a woman's skull just shattered. You know what I'm saying? And it's one of those things where they fought um, the majority of these women, if not all of them, when he, this person, Fallon Fox, is who we're talking about, mm -hmm. just name names. Fallon Fox did not disclose um, that he was, there were, there was a transgender fighter. So when you don't disclose your trans, transgender and the effects of the male hormonal thing or whatever and that wearing down or whatever does not trans, completely transmogrify, trans, transcend to... Um, uh, um, what a woman would be, you are in essence um, fighting someone on kind of this de facto performance enhancing drug. It's like me fighting you, right? But before I fight you, while I'm training, I'm like, huh, Rob's got long arms, a little taller, he's in better shape. <laughs> I think I gotta take some. I'm, I'm gonna take some. So every and I had to train on this heavy bag and hit it more times, you hit it harder. So by the time I hit Rob, I'm gonna hit him. He's gonna be like, <laughs> That's not Jason. So, um, so I have a big issue with it. Be um, and I do acknowledge that the science, um, as far as transgender and athletics, is still has a lot of catching up to do. I have a big problem with. It. I have a big problem with um, someone not disclosing it. Uh, I think Joe Rogan said it best. Like if um, if all of these girls knew and they were like, "Cool, I don't care." Alan Fox used to be a dude. It's now a girl. You look hot. I'll fight you. I'm good. <laughs> Let's go. Um, then, then that's good. But um, if it's supposed to be not this big deal, if it's supposed to be not whatever, why the hell are you hiding it? What the hell you got to hide? What, what you know? Why you know? Why, you you know? There's the elephant in the room. Don't be like, oh, it's not a big deal. No one should have to know because of this or that. No, come on. Don't do that. Don't do that. And that's all I'm gonna say about that. The floor is yours, but I'm man, you know, I'm 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 I know I'm gonna get some backlash on this. Um, but whoever gives me backlash, I take it because I need to educate myself and it's just like a lot of the people, including UFC officials. Well, I'd say this is um <clears throat> the civil civil rights or the civil fight that's going on uh socially with, you know, identity politics or you know, LBTQ yeah. plus community. Um, that That's fine in a social setting, but when you talk about sports, because there's also, like in the social setting, the only thing you have to care about is, you know, obviously how you feel. And then if you want, mm -hmm. you know, the how people around you feel. When it comes to sports, uh, again, if there's a, an individual sport, that's that. But there's still the competitor. There's still the person on the other side of the net. There's still the person... 
that you're going to play with if it's a team-based sport. You know, there's a lot of factors there that you have to have empathy. You know, you have to think outside of yourself and see how it affects the people around me. You know, so I think there there's two different sides to this. Um, if you're fighting it uh, or if you're, you're trying to create your identity or you want to keep your privacy about your identity in a social setting, totally fine. Nothing wrong with it. Do whatever you'd like. You know, but if it comes down to where it affects other people's actual performances or it becomes unfair advantages, because it's just like you're saying, someone taking estrogen or or uh, maybe testosterone, testosterone uh, capers, uh, yeah, exactly. uh, re- replacement therapy, TRT, just they've basically the taken, you know, because you're going to say, oh, well, now I'm you know, a woman because I'm on estrogen pills or I'm taking, I don't have testosterone in my body anymore. You grew your entire body, your entire life using testosterone, which then means that you've been using performance enhancing drugs your whole life. And that's what your body is growing up as because you are asking to transition to something different. Yeah. So you actually are illegal. Like you should not be allowed to do because you're cheating your whole life and then you're saying the last two years is fine because i'm not cheating anymore there's a transgender boxer right now yeah. female who's boxing in the male in the male yeah, division exactly. has to do trt to um you know for this or that can you pull up that thing you um you had about um mm-hmm. um the reason why this came up is because they you know politics played came into play when he started talking about why he likes burning all of a sudden people are looking for straw man arguments on jo- our boy joe rogan so mm. basically says here's the thing if she disclosed it and everyone knew i'm 100 uh, i'm 100 okay with it if you want to do that and you're a woman and it's your choice to fight a trans woman see let's just see how you do he says i'm not transphobic this only has to do with athletics in terms of your gender identity and who you are and what you want and i don't care and specifically my wheelhouse which is fighting uh, there is a gigantic physical advantage that men have. That is truth. That is an opinion um, generated by scientific and historical fact. Men, s- sorry women out there, and c- congratulations to the women who acknowledge us, men uh, um, are, are just naturally stronger. Right. All right. The 135 pound man and the 135 pound woman, the man's going to be stronger. The, the opinions differ well, on that. It, and you do have exceptions. Well, it's like if a man said, I, I will not be happy if you know, if I have a lower body fat than my girlfriend or wife or something like that, you know, it makes no sense because your bodies are made where women have more body fat because they're childbearing and a guy has less fat because they are not childbearing. It's just, that's how it is. So like if you can, you can't change that. And um, if there are studies out there that prove differently, then that's, you know, we can talk about that. Exactly. Sign me up. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. Uh, um, I don't. Um, with that being said, I don't need, think I need to be a doctor to talk about right. this as long as I do some homework. Right. Uh, we're gonna do at the end. I have a special thing called uh, uh, sports pet peeves. If you have one, whatever. But we'll do that at the end. Um, but you, you do research, and the research is logically connected to what you've seen in your experience, and that's how you apply. It. And if somebody else has something that says that says different, that shows different, sign me up, man. Right. Sign, um, educate me, help me understand this, right. because there there are, and the reason why I'm humble about it is because there are exceptions. Like you know, I'm not talking about like a GI Jane movie where the girl becomes a Navy SEAL. There are women out there. That, that 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 can do more push-ups than men. There are women who the same weight as a man are physically as strong as a man, mm. and and I'm cool with a woman. We've seen boxing matches where a woman fought a man, you know, and and it wasn't like 
a domestic abuse or like a man beating up a woman on the street where the man's like significantly bigger. These are things where, yeah, it is as sports fans and, and especially on com, com, combat sports fans like you and I are. I'm interested in seeing something like that. But let's let's have, if let's have all of our cards on the table. You, and and Joe brought something else really really and and I want Miranda to talk about this in a minute because she's the woman here. Um, Joe brought up something else. Joe, something else controversial. They're cheating biological women. Totally. They're the 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 ones who are affected uh, as far as like equal rights or whatever. The ones who are affected are not uh, straight, uh, um, bigoted men. <laughs> well, there also no. are a lot of women that are speaking out about this as well. Um, they're trying to create, you know, especially a girl who got her skull broke, dude. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's she's she's in a woman's division, so she don't get her skull broken by a man. Yeah, and I say that too. Like it's like, I mean it's just my view. Like it's hard to for me to watch like a woman fight a woman because you know in my living, you mm-hmm. know, and how I've been taught, like you know, growing up is that you know, we're women, old school, Rob. I mean, yeah, and that's I mean, why and that's why we're just, well and educated you ourselves. Know, it's, yeah. Well, to be like more, you know, a certain way. So that's why it's like, I understand why. But again, like Joe said, if she's down for it, like, that's what she signed up for. That's mm-hmm. not, you can't, uh, you know, curse the sport yeah. because a guy and a girl are supposed to fight each other. Dude, and, just, and there's a woman out there and there's a hundred, a hundred women out there that are probably going to say, so listen, so when a guy takes a beating and he keeps going, he's a warrior. But when a girl takes a beating, she's, uh, um, uh, uh, uh we've gone all soft. And that's, and that's a good point too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the, that GI Jane thing when like, um, when, um, you know, she, uh, the guy got the award for, uh, um, mm-hmm. Dragging like a two hundred pound man yeah. from a burning tank. Yeah. Like if if he was dragging a woman away from the burning tank, it's like women shouldn't be in combat. But you dragging the guy, it's like oh my god, the guy's gonna get a purple heart. You know he stuck mm-hmm. it out, and you know and, and he stuck it out until he got rescued. So there is that biased level of male thinking, and I'm I I admit it. Does it make me a bigot? No, because I don't think one is better or worse. It doesn't make me a racist. No, because I don't think one is more superior or inferior based on their race or gender. I just I don't play by those rules. I just play by my eye test and how it applies to athletics. And this is and anyone that says we shouldn't have this discussion um whether you're on the right side or the woke culture or or the the not woke culture like me you're not being honest with yourselves you're not being honest with yourselves um miranda you're awfully quiet over there is this (laughs) is this something you want to say that's going to school to both of us no i think you guys uh, covered it well in terms of (laughs) you survived um in terms of just putting the information out there and being able to have the conversation especially when people's health and lives are on the line if it if it's something where people are going to be so unevenly matched because you have a guy fighting women um i would like to say i think joe rogan handled it well as far as his defense and giving the explanation he basically said i should have like it was fucked up for me to say it that way i should have said it better but this is my this is why i believe this and it is what it is like you can't put people in that situation and not have the conversation about it and i thought he was careful in a sense that he was only talking about mma which which is his wheelhouse this is what he's talking he's not talking about um the brazilian volleyball player 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just just playing in a pro league and just and just playing on that woman's high net and, make, and getting that bank. To me, that's actually entertaining. If I were a college coach, I I would do nothing but recruit transgender athletes who who you know who who just turn that way uh, because um, uh, right? Yeah, why not have a whole team full of them? But um, I'm just I'm it's a joke. I'm being funny. But um, he spoke only how it applies to what he knows, and right. and I thought he was very careful. And and the whole thing with Joe. Is, is, is all BS because it only came from a place when people thought he was um, being political. He wasn't, you know, the whole thing where he was like, um, and it's my favorite line, and I'll say it again because Miranda, you, the three of us will agree on this. Um, you can find dirt on anyone, okay? You can, it's very easy to take to someone's worst moment to take their, their, their worst moments or worst moment and gen, just focus on that and cut everything else out, isolate that, and then say that's who that person is because because we as human beings only infer to the negative. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. right? Like if you tell the truth 19 times, you lie once, you're a liar. But nobody, nobody's going to say you lied 19 times and tell the truth your last time that you're honest. That's, you're always going to infer to the negative. So that's just human nature. So what he said was, catching people at their worst moment and isolating them, he said, you're not going to see too many of those with Bernie. Mm-hmm. Like the way he lived, the guy, the guy lived his whole life. Even Republicans are like, I don't like him, but he's not. Yeah, he's straight You've narrow. never seen him not. Yeah. yeah, change just change change for the sake of running for office. He doesn't, mm. you know, he doesn't do that, and that's why he said he liked him, you know. And he said he'd probably vote for him. Did I make him a Democrat? No. Does that mean he was taking sides? No. He's just talking about a person. So well, it's just crazy how polarized things are. Like you know, he can't even say who he likes. I mean, and, and like he, I, I, and I'm glad we brought this up because I, I. I'm I'm happy that there's a model out there. I'm I'm really happy for Joe Rogan because he's able to speak his mind and also intelligently defend what he's speaking about and not get flustered and not say all this crazy Wasn't it stuff. a great answer? It's just it's just simple like okay, that's how you feel. And of course, the response that he got just for saying what he believes in is super opinionated and everybody's just throwing, you know, oil on the fire and gas in the fire, but all he did was respond and that's it you haven't heard anything about it you know it might be outraged but who's outraged you know it's not the collective is not, not his followers for you sure know, that's what i'm saying yeah. it's just it's just crazy to me that um there's a lot going on in washington let's say mm-hmm. and then out of all the stuff that's going on you can pick out joe rogan saying homophobic things about his own sport which aren't even homophobic or transphobic it has nothing to do listen to the words that were said it was just a a title that was trying to get the general people's eyes away from what's happening which is is sad well that's that's gaslighting and and Mm -hmm. usually you gaslight politicians and here's the problem and we're not going to get political this is a sports debate but the one thing that all of these people had in common who they're coming after are grassroots campaigners Right. Um, you know, I mean, you can lie. You can lie, lie about your race on, a, on an application. Nobody comes after you about that. You can nuzzle little girls. No one's going to come after you on that. But run a, run a grassroots campaign and watch people take these these little things and straw man and make them or, or big or just say things that just aren't true. Because um, in, so in addition true. to the whole transphobia thing. The people just said transphobia, and that was all they needed to hear. They didn't hear the podcast. They didn't hear the whole podcast. They didn't hear a bit of the podcast. They don't even listen to Joe Rogan, right. who's a sports guy. So um, you take that. Like, just my last guest, Alexandra Kopko, said that he had the Grand Wizard on his podcast. Mm-hmm. 
And it turned out the report said, oh, the Grand Wizard on his podcast. But when, when I actually looked at the, the podcast, you know who it was? Mm. The, the, uh, the Grand Wizard um, DJ Stevie. <laughs> Who's black. Classy. Real classy move there. Who's black? All right, so j- the last one, last but not least. Um, yeah, we went off Least the- favorite sports pest pet <laughs> we went to a little I know. Damn, you uh, might have to sit in on the last one. You might have to be a revolving guest on the actual podcast, dude, yeah. and we could we could we could tackle that. But oh we promised ourselves sports debate Tuesday. Sports, man. sports. Um, my, my least, um, my pet peeve. Not least favorite, but the one that comes to my mind. A sports pet peeves is a guy coming up to you and saying, "If you never played the game, then you, you don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> You got guys that are like, I've been playing this sport for this amount of years. You, you've, you, you're like someone's a coach or someone's a commentator. So just because they haven't played it, they know nothing about it. It's my least favorite lie, and it pisses me off. Mm. Anybody that's never played the sport, that's gonna criticize someone's heart. All right, a hustle and this and that. Then that's free game. You could come back at them and be like, dude, the day you come on here or whatever, then Do you can talk hungry. to me about yeah. that. But you have people like Chuck Daly. Detroit Pistons, two-time NBA champ, the bad boys. They're the reason why flagrant foul was invented. Right. Okay. Um, never played it. Never dribbled a basketball in his life. All right. Jeff Van Gundy played a little bit. Never played at the high level. He's one of the best coaches. Pat Riley even said many times he's better than he is. Mm. Um, uh, volleyball players, Charlie Sullivan, indoor coach at Springfield, multiple-time defending NCAA champion at a D- Division three, but. On his resume, like out of the top, out of the 16 Division One teams, has beaten eight of them. So basically half of them. I don't know how many D1 teams are left, but and these are and he's a lacrosse player. So um, it's one of those things where it's disingenuous, and I compare this on 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 a food level. Someone gives you a steak. You're like, this doesn't taste like steak. And then it's like, what? Someone comes up to you. What are you a chef? Are you a chef? Then you don't know what you're talking about. Do you know how stupid that sounds? Yeah. And my bottom line, and I'm gonna give you the floor, just because you don't know how to cook it, <laughs> doesn't mean in your life experience you can't reflect on you know what you know what ta- what steak tastes like. Right. I, you might that's, not that's know. That's right how to put it. You might not know what you know Wolfgang's on you know lower lower east side yeah. tastes like, but I know what a damn steak tastes like. Thank you. Yeah, Del Greco. Um, I'd have to say my sports pet peeve it would be the opposite, um, where just because you have a platform to speak, doesn't mean that <clears throat> what you think should be uh, held any any higher than anybody else's opinion, right? Like. Um, Stephen A. Smith, you know, talking about Woo! talking about how Donald Cerrone gave up, and I still believe that he didn't. He doesn't show up for his opportunities, right? right. But to tell somebody, I just think it's a jinx, thing. right? That's what I'm saying. If if you cannot tell somebody, especially in a combat sport, like if somebody didn't show up to pitch the, you know, Patrick Mahomes didn't show up to and play his best game, and they lost the Super Bowl, we get it, but. You don't show up to a combat sport, you're not going to be conscious for, you know, 15 seconds to a minute. And then you're going to wake up and you got to go to the hospital and you got to go. Like, you can't not Someone show up. Someone asks you what happened, right. dude, and you're like, you're lost. And then you're like, I believe you. Right. You don't have somebody say like, oh, when I didn't show up to work, I had to protect myself for, so I didn't get knocked out. You know, there's a big difference. So for me, just 
research a bit more, find a little bit more empathy when you have a bigger, the bigger your, uh, <clears throat> the bigger your, your, your voices, you know, the more your voice is heard, think about how it's going to be sp like, uh, taken in from your viewers, you know? He had all damn day. Okay, it was a Saturday night. First take wasn't on there. His radio show was a weekday thing. He had all damn day to, just to do a little and bit, no a offense. little bit of homework. And, and go ahead. Well, I'm I just think saying I what you're gonna say. I, I'm not gonna say that I would have. I mean, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. But in my eyes, Conor was gonna win that fight. You know, so yeah. you could have come up with something better than the guy didn't show up. And even if he didn't show up, talk about the things you were gonna talk about if Conor won. I mean, you, you, as a reporter, you have to have something to say or think about things as they're coming along. Like, Ooh, I'm going to talk about this. Ooh, I'm going to talk about that. I was just really unprepared, it seemed like. And that was like one of the first times I've ever seen him on UFC. You and know. I was I, actually I was glad to see him in the UFC because he does have a platform and he mm -hmm. does have a following. I was and like, wait a second. We don't have Dan. Wait, that's Joe Rogan and that's not Dan Cormier. That's <laughs> exactly. not, whoa, that's not Dominic Cruz. Exactly. It's not even Kenny Florian. I don't know where the hell Kenny Florian is oh, these yeah. days. Uh, um, but... It was one of those things where it, it reminded me of Gus Johnson from who was a lead XC, mm. and then Donald Trump had this thing called um, I forgot what it was. Fedor fought um, Andre Arlovski, okay. and then before that fought Tim Sylvia, and um, they they had Gus Johnson do the color commentary, and they gave him all the backup he needed. I think Bill Goldberg, <laughs> who 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 did his homework on on MMA, and you had John McCarthy. And you, you had two great color guys basically just carrying this guy. And all he had to do was call. You, he put him in a position where all he had to do was call the match. No one was asking you to be John Anik, right? No one was asking you to be Mike Goldberg. Yeah. You know, um, just call the just call the match. They'll, they'll, they'll color it for you. It's like for volleyball, right? When I, I always tease them. Um, I'm always on the podcast teasing Triborn tri because when Triborn was up in the tent by himself, it's like ball served. Out, you know what I'm saying? Does Triborn know the sport? Hell yeah! Triborn beach volleyball is forgotten more than I know. I'm not. I'm not an outdoor player, but I was like, if I was at a set him up and plays, uh, he, you you would have gotten a lot more out of him, you right. know. And the part that pissed me off was like the feedback you got on messages. Everyone's like, oh my god, you're doing great. Oh, you're awesome. I'm like, don't do that to him. Don't you? Don't you? Don't you patronize that man? He was. He was he bad? No, he was good. But great? What are you doing? What are you doing? Stop! Stop it! You know, and 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 I hate to go to come after nice guys because Triborns is one of the nicest guys. You, yeah, I'm on the on the beat scene, and 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 I'm sure everybody. And I don't know if he's offended by this, and if you are, I'm sorry. I'm just having a little fun here, but um, uh, but hey, you know, I'm attacking a volleyball player with volleyball, so that's not personal, um, right? And we and that's what we do. And by the way, that video, we're not putting that video back on with Stephen A. Smith. Okay, I don't ever want to see that. <laughs> oh again. Okay, yeah, no. Zingano, Cejudo no Zingano. Cejudo Zingano. <laughs> the worst. The worst. Yeah. But I like your pet peeve. We're going to do that at the end of every, every um, episode. This is, But for now, this is episode two. This is SDT, Sports Debate Tuesday. For for the great Rob, keep it McLean McLean. For my hostess with the Moses Miranda Gagne, I'm Jason DeBea. Shake my hand, brother. Good stuff today. Always Good a pleasure. Good stuff, all right? And for now, guys, we're out. So long. <laughs>